Hello and welcome to the Behavioural Harmonics podcast, the podcast for the leaders of the future who desire more positive and productive workplaces. My name is Todd Pavlo, founder and coach at Factor, the creators of Behavioural Harmonics. This podcast has been produced to allow for ease of learning for our leadership and management students. However, the content is just as useful for any individual seeking to grow as a current or aspiring leader. In this episode, episode number 10, we explore the topic of providing opportunities for further improvement, which is part number three of the subject, Implement Continuous Improvement. In this topic, we will cover how we implement processes to ensure that team members are informed of savings, how we can document work performance to aid the identification of further opportunities for improvement, and how we manage our records, reports, and recommendations within the organization's systems. If you are one of our students, please be aware of this sound. Testing, testing, check, check, check. This will indicate a piece of content that will appear in your assessment. So, without further ado, let's make a move. The progress bar is just an indicator on a computer that something's happening inside the device. The classic one that's been used for years is a horizontal bar. I mean, this goes back to pre-computer versions of this on ledgers where people would fill in a horizontal bar from left to right to show how much of task they'd completed at a factory. This is just the same thing on a screen. But once you start thinking about the progress bar as something that's more about dulling the pain of waiting, well, then you can start fiddling around with the psychology. So the progress bar at least gives you the vision of a beginning and an end, and you're working towards a goal. All employees desire a level of awareness of the progress and outcomes of projects with which they are involved. Testing, testing, check, check, check. When an individual uses discretionary effort and contributes their energy to continuous improvement projects, providing them with regular updates on progress is critical. Team members can be motivated by witnessing the tangible outcomes of a project, especially when the results are positive and impact their working conditions. Consider the following processes, tools or rituals to inform employees of the outcomes such as savings, productivity and service improvements. You can consider regular one-on-one meetings. As part of your routine of employee engagement, include a continuous improvement project update on your agenda. Use bulletin boards, whether they be physical or virtual. Posting updates on a bulletin board allows for a self-help approach to the information. Team scoreboards. Include data on continuous improvement projects on your team scoreboard as a separate item. And close out celebrations at the end of a CI project. Use the close of a project as an excuse to hold a celebration such as a morning tea. Announce the great work of the team and the anticipated and realised impacts. Process to inform senior managers. Your direct manager, or even those higher in the hierarchy, are required to be informed of progress and outcomes. Management will desire a return on investment from projects measured by increased productivity, cost savings, or service improvements. Consider maintaining communication in a variety of ways, including testing, testing, check, 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 an update email, 
advising your leaders of how your team has applied continuous improvement to customer services, including internal and external customers, how you have implemented your plan and will monitor and adjust processes and procedures to improve performance, how you have documented performance to identify further opportunities for improvement, and how you will manage records and reports within the organization's systems and procedures. Provide them an overview of how you've used the DMAIC process. Another way is a presentation at a management meeting. Preparing a brief management presentation to share lessons learned from a project is helpful and communicates learnings. And finally, consider performance reporting. Create a weekly report which tracks the progress of the project against planned outcomes. Reporting not only communicates effectively, it also serves as a vehicle to maintain accountability. Understand your manager's preferred manner of communication. It assists you to meet their expectations. Reflection, Reflection and, action. And, action. and action. Consider how well you're communicating with your manager and your team at the moment. Are you leaving them guessing? Are you leaving them hanging? Take a moment to consider. That's good stuff. Summary points. Employees desire a level of awareness of the progress and outcomes of projects with which they are involved. Regular one-on-one -on -one meetings and bulletin boards are effective tools to get employees informed. And when communicating updates with managers, be sure to cater for their preferred communication methods. Hi, I'm Matt. I've worked at the RAC now for 15 years as a patrolman. Today I'm going to talk you through going through a wheel change. Firstly, set up your warning triangle a safe distance away from the rear of the vehicle. Don't attempt to change your wheel unless you've got a safe space to do so. Make sure there's no passengers inside the vehicle or any weighty luggage in the rear. The first step is to make sure you've got all the tools and equipment to carry out the wheel change. You will need a fully inflated spare wheel, a wheel brace with the correct socket, the locking wheel nut key, a high visibility jacket, a jack and a warning triangle. Before jacking up the vehicle, it's always worth loosening the wheel nuts off now, as doing this when the vehicle's on the jack could cause the jack to dislodge. To get access to the wheel nuts, you may have to remove the wheel bolt covers or the wheel centre cap first. The essence of Lean Six Sigma is to take collated data from the DMAIC system and create a process, including vital inputs to ensure output meets customer requirements. Maintaining the correct levels of inputs guarantees quality output. In strict Lean Six Sigma projects, a control plan and a control sheet are prepared for each process, which creates a product or a process. The control plan describes the checks completed at intervals of a process. A control plan will clarify the dimensions to be controlled, the tools to be used, and the frequency for when inspections are required. The control sheet captures the results of the prescribed inspections. 
Both documents are typically drawn up immediately after the design of the new process. Best practice demands that these documents are authored by both process designers and staff who do the work. A great example of a control plan and a control sheet in action is in a hospital where you have doctors and nurses completing regular checks in line with the plan and documenting those checks such as uh, taking uh, heart rate, uh, taking bloods, uh, etc. They document them on the control sheets so that when the next individual comes along, the next nurse comes along, they're able to see uh, what the trends are and they're able to take the action that's required at that time. So at a minimum, control plans are to include each process step, the standard for each process step, and the corrective action, which should be taken if the process step does not meet the standard. So as an example, if we revert back to changing a flat tire, the first process step would be to find a safe location to change the tire. The performance standard may well be something like greater than five meters from passing traffic. And the corrective action, if that performance standard wasn't being met, would be to move the vehicle outside of that exclusion zone. The step two could be to turn on the hazard lights. The performance standard is that all four lights are flashing. And a corrective action, if that wasn't the case, if we only had three lights flashing, for example, would be to place the emergency torch at the failed light to substitute it. The third step would be to apply the parking brake. Now, the performance standard may be to test that there's no movement in the vehicle, and if there was still movement, so the performance standard wasn't met, we'd apply a wheel wedge. All control plans must include an audit timetable. The timetable clearly defines who will be conducting the audit and when they will be completed. Reflection, Reflection, Reflection and action. And action. And action. And action. Do you have a control plan and control sheet process in place at the moment? It doesn't matter if you're making something or delivering a service. Uh, this control plan and sheet application is just as relevant. Take a moment to consider where you could improve. That's good stuff. Summary points. Lean Six Sigma projects require a control plan and a control sheet. The control plan describes the checks completed at intervals of a process and the control sheet captures the results of the prescribed inspections. We'll have to have some OPEX discipline in play, but look, the market is rationalizing at this point. Lyft saw significant leverage on sales and marketing in 2019, and we think that'll continue in 2020. So there's a lot to still prove out here, but as long as growth is good and the market is rational, there is a path toward profitability for Lyft. Last year, Lyft CEO Logan Green had said it would be profitable by the end of 2021 
if they exclude some costs. Well, excluding those costs, one could be pivotal because anybody could be profitable if you exclude enough costs, right? And, and two, because Uber's the bigger competitor now, does Lyft have to try to revise that target date of profitability? To benchmark performance against external sources is best practice. While bettering your personal best is rewarding, ensuring that your performance is competitive in your market is essential. Sources of external reference points include competitor annual reports, industry publications, speaking with competitor customers to understand levels of performance, referencing documented process or industry standards, and gathering first-hand knowledge from competitors' former employees. Testing, testing, check, check, check. Storing continuous improvement reports and recommendations in a central knowledge bank allows for the information to be shared for the benefit of all stakeholders. Each organisation will create its unique processes, gaining a clear understanding of the expectations of the organisation before commencing a CI program allows you to close off your initiative officially. As referenced earlier in our podcast, organisational customer relationship management tools and enterprise resource programs are suitable sources of data for benchmarking purposes. Both systems will hold data captured over time, which will provide internal benchmarks. In addition to the ERP and CRM, other sources of internal systems and processes which assist with benchmarking include training records and databases, customer service surveys, safety performance databases, and employee surveys and audits. Reflection and action. What procedures do you have in place to store your continuous improvement reports and recommendations? Do you have a central knowledge bank? How are you going about benchmarking your performance? Are you using your CRM and ERP? Any of those other resources such as customer service surveys or employee surveys? Where could you improve and what are you doing well now? Take a moment to consider. That's good stuff. Summary points. Understand where to store your recommendations and CI project reports for the benefit of the entire organization. An organization's CRM and ERP are the main internal sources of data to set benchmarks. Externally, Sources include annual reports, competitor intelligence, and industry standards. Now I consider myself just as much a student as a teacher, and I like to close off the podcast by throwing to a member of my extended network to provide a 60-second thought starter about leadership lessons. In this episode, I'll throw to Di Jones, the director at Alchemy 2.0, Dyes had a long and distinguished career in human resources and organizational development uh, and is here to share a uh, 60 second overview of her thoughts on uh, on leadership fundamentals. Um, If I was to go back 20 or so years and look at what being a leader is, my initial understanding was incorrect. My job wasn't to know the answers, my job wasn't to make all the decisions. It wasn't to tell people what to do or to be somehow more experienced and knowledgeable than them. Uh, Any emerging leader, the key thing I would say for them to learn up front and understand is that your role as a leader is a facilitator of human effort. 
Your team may know more than you, they may have more experience than you, and your job is to help bring that through and out of them. So key to that is to ask questions. If someone comes to you and asks the question of what do I do or how do I do this, simply ask them, what do you think you should do? By starting off with questions, not only do you help people feel comfortable to come up with solutions, but it helps broaden the thinking of the entire team. So hopefully that's helpful. Have a great day and uh, check in again soon. Cheers. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Behavioural Harmonics podcast. I'm your host, Todd Pavlo. If you'd like to learn more about Factor and Behavioural Harmonics, please visit us at www.factor.com.au or follow us on our LinkedIn page. Our system is about training individuals to adapt their communications approach to engage different behavioural types. Like music in different keys, communications between different behavioural types can cause discordance. We empower our users to tune their communication to each recipient's wavelength, creating a harmonious interaction. We call this behavioural harmonics.